Good afternoon, this is uh, Rupert Thompson, uh, Chief Investment Officer at Kingswood Group, and it's the 27th of July, and I'm going to run through now key developments for the markets last week, and also our thoughts going forward. Well, in terms of last week, um, it was very much a week of two halves for equity markets. Um, Initially, they continued their upward trend, but then fell back later on, and really the change in tone was, I think, down to the increase in tensions between the US and China. And obviously, we had both the US and China each um, closing one of their embassies, which didn't help sentiment. Um, All of this occurs against the backdrop of continuing uncertainty about the strength of the ongoing economic recovery. Um, Last week, actually, the data, superficially at least, looked quite encouraging. Um, What we saw was that business confidence in July actually recovered um, further. And in the case of the UK and Europe, is now back above where it was pre-COVID. That sounds great until you realise that what these surveys do is ask businesses, are things getting better or are they getting worse? And it's not a big surprise, given how terrible the situation was a couple of months ago, that businesses or the majority of businesses are now saying things are getting better. So I don't think you should read too much into these superficially sort of high levels of business confidence. The second bit of data we had out last week, which again superficially looked pretty good, was retail sales. Um, Both in the UK and the US now, sales are actually now back to where they were prior to their big sell-off in March and April. But again, there are doubts about how sustainable this is and how important it is. Uh, The first point here is that Um, Retail sales only make up about 30% of total consumer spending and spending in other areas such as services is clearly rebounding much, much more slowly. And secondly, retail sales had been boosted clearly by pent-up demand because people couldn't go out and spend during the lockdown. Once this pent-up demand has, as it were, been satisfied, will retail sales continue at the rate um, in June or not? It remains to be seen. So still considerable uncertainty on this front. And obviously, in terms of sort of where the recovery goes, at the end of the day, it still very much boils down to what happens with the virus. And again, sort of as it has been um, for a while now, mixed news. So some encouraging news in terms of development of potential vaccines, but equally um, no good news from the States. Infections continue to pick up and also um, infections Um, picking up again in a number of European countries. So it's still very debatable about whether we're going to see the development and distribution of a vaccine within the next few months, or alternatively, whether we do actually see a sort of major secondary outbreak. So that's one big source of uncertainty. Another is, um, in terms of sort of what's driving this recovery, and still sort of quite uncertainty, is how much government support is there going to be? Last week in Europe, um, we had good news on this front. Um, The EU finally agreed the details of a 750 billion euro uh, economic recovery package. Um, They spent a lot of time squabbling about whether, or the composition of the package, how much should be grants, how much should be loans. But at the end of the day, at the 11th hour, as they always do, they did find an agreement. Um, And the important thing here is, is that for the first time, the EU itself will be borrowing a substantial amount on the credit markets. Rather than just individual countries borrowing in their own right, the EU will be um, borrowing. 
in its own right. So sort of significant move towards sort of fiscal integration. Um, this week, um, we're going to have sort of similar kind of debate in the States. Um, a lot of the stimulus measures come to an end in July, and the Democrats and Repu- Republicans are arguing and will continue to argue, no doubt, about how to extend these measures. Very likely, again, they will come to an agreement, but the new measures probably will not match the old measures. So bottom line is there's still quite a lot of uncertainty about um, what pace of recovery we're going to see over the coming months, and that's going to be absolutely critical for markets. Um, Changing the subject slightly, actually equities were not the main centre of attention last week. It was the gold price. Gold was up another 5%. Um, It's now up as much as 25% year-to-date and is actually the best-performing asset class. This, in a sense, is not that surprising um, to some extent, just because what asset tends to do very well when you've got big economic uncertainty, when you've got rising geopolitical tensions, it tends to be gold. Um, So some of the gains are definitely um, what you'd expect. But it has to be said, a good part of these gains have been driven by the fact that interest rates are now at rock bottom levels, and this has two implications. The first is that um, the fact that gold doesn't pay you an income is no longer such a big disadvantage, um, because government bonds, um, certainly in the UK, no longer pay you an income either. Um, Guilt yields are around zero. So this is no longer a particular disadvantage for gold. The other point here is that um, typically government bonds have been a source of protection um, in big sell-offs, as indeed we've seen over the last couple of years. But their scope to provide protection going forward is much reduced just because the scope for yields to fall any further is much reduced. So in a sense, gold have sort of got, gold's got less competition from government bonds. And I think these various supportive factors, namely economic uncertainty, rising geopolitical tensions and low interest rates, they're all going to continue to support gold sort of for the seeable, for the seeable future. And certainly gold has got the bit between its teeth at the moment and the rally could continue. But just before you put all your money into gold, do be aware that gold is very volatile. Um, It is not the equivalent of a low-risk asset. Um, And just to leave you with one um, bit of data, um, back in 2008, in the three years um, following the global financial crisis, the gold price uh, more than doubled over the following three years. But then over the two years after that, as things returned to normal, people stopped panicking about the economic outlook, it then lost half of these gains. So sure, gold could continue a bit further, but it is certainly a volatile asset and certainly not one you should go near if you want um, a stable, sure return. Okay, on that note... I will leave it there and I'll be back again next week. Thank you. Please note that this podcast is for information purposes only. The views expressed do not constitute financial advice. And please remember that the value of investments can go up as well as down. How an investment performed in the past may not be the same as how it performs in the future. And there may also be tax implications. Should you require advice, please speak to a qualified financial advisor.